Hello, everyone, and welcome to Engage, a family gaming podcast. This is episode 117. My name is Stephen Dutzman. I am your host, as always. This is the official video game and board game podcast for EngageFamilyGaming.com. EFG is a website where parents like myself and my co-hosts come together to give parents and families the information they need to get their family game on. This week, talking about board games... Specifically, we're talking about the games we're excited to play in 2018, and I have my board game team. That is my lovely wife, Jenna. Hello, everybody. And Linda joining us again. Hi, Linda. Hello. Glad to be back. So, um, when last you met Linda, we were recording on the way home from PAX Unplugged, where we played a bunch of games and looked at a bunch of games that will be coming out um, in and or being reviewed within the next year. So, thought it would be a good idea to have Linda come on board and uh, talk about some of the games that we are hyped for. Um, our entire list was uh, built based on the list on BoardGameGeek of the nominees for the most anticipated games. So, um, with that said, it is entirely possible that there's a game coming that we missed. If we did, we apologize. However, board games are huge, and there's a lot of board games coming out. So, um, but I digress. Before we get too much farther, I do want to take a moment to thank you for listening before you even started. Like, we're getting it going early. Um, We hope your games have been great so far this week. We want to make sure that our podcast is more interactive. So please feel free to reach out to us on social media or uh, shoot me an email at editor at engagefamilygaming.com with any comments, questions, or topic suggestions. We are almost out of the obvious topic season, so we would love to have some ideas. um, Because next week we're doing the the, uh, anticipated video games, and after that it's a free-for-all. So send us your stuff. Um... So, as many of you know, we do alternate. Last week, we actually talked about the games of the year for video games, um, and it was pretty exciting. Uh, lots of people were uh, were happy. You know, we got some feedback. A lot of people kind of agree with us uh, on our choices. I did get a lot of crap for my game of the year, but that's pretty much... I think that's just going to happen, Jenna. Uh, a lot of people uh, were harassing me uh, because I chose Horizon over Zelda. I mean, I think you're crazy, but I mean, it was a beautiful game. It just, for our demographic, who plays the games that we talk about and and who listens to us, Zelda had to be the choice. Fair, but it was my choice, and I'm in charge, so I'll do what I want. Um, Anyway, so um, why don't we go around the horn very briefly. I want to talk about one game that the three of us just played like two and a half hours ago, and that's Potion Explosion. Uh, It's a game from Cool Mini or Not. Um, The big guy got it as a Christmas gift from uh, She Who Who Needs No Title, Kelly Allard, who many people will remember. Um, She she gives us board games pretty much exclusively. Um, Actually, I can't even say that anymore because this year the only person that got board games was Evan. Um, so, but historically she always just gave us board games. Um, and she gave that to Evan and, uh, we played it today after punching it, which took like seven years. Um, and we built the little box. If you look on our Instagram, you can see a video we made of the uh, little marble thing. Um, this felt like it was billed to me as playing a match three puzzler with some like set collection. And, uh, I think it, 
executed what the the bill of sale. You know what I mean? Like, what do you think, Linda? Well, I thought it was really a neat game with the way the marbles are the pieces of the elements that go into the potion. You're completing your potions, and you know it just definitely set completion, but it isn't any kind of set completion I've ever encountered before. Yeah, Jenna. For the benefit of our audience, describe how this game works. Okay, so there are other potion building games where you collect sets to make potions and complete them. This is unique in that you have um, a couple of objectives that you're trying to complete while you're building these potions. So first you pour marbles into this little device thing that separates them down a line. Um, you pick the marbles, which are your your components that you need to complete your potions, out of these rows, and there's certain guidelines. If you pick a marble and marbles of the same color, at least two of the same color, collide together, then you create an explosion, and you get to collect more so, components out of this little dice collector to build your potion. So the thing that we didn't mention, and I think is super important, is that the one of the key components of this game is this, like... It's a box with a set of, is it five or six, um, kind of channels. Uh, oh, I think it's more than that. I think, I think it's, it's six. I'll check. That, are, that kind of go from the back of the box towards the front. And basically you dump marbles in the back of it, these multiple colored marbles. And um, they all like kind of settle into these six grooves. And so if, if you were to take a, you get to take one marble out of the, uh, out of one of the channels and then the marbles naturally roll down. If when that happens, two marbles of the same color collide as it kind of settles towards the bottom, then that is a quote unquote uh, chain reaction. And if they explode, you take those uh, colored marbles out, all the ones that are touching, and then you repeat the process. And you can theoretically keep, you know, going depending on the kind of, um, you know, chain reactions you build. This thing is uh, the 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 components and the way it works. Like I said, they built this is the kind of thing that I would expect to have played a couple of years ago on my iPhone and paid like a buck and a half for it. But they turned it into a board game, and I'm I'm here for it. Right, and it's fun. I think that once you're looking at the game itself and all the pieces and the components that come with it, it looks a little intimidating when you pull the game yeah. out of the box and do all the punching. I agree. But once you start playing it, it works like a lot of other set collection strategy type games in that there's you score points based on completing these potions and you can use the completed potions to enable you to get other abilities to score more points. So there's some strategy involved because as you complete a potion, you pick new ones. Mm -hmm. Which potions are you going to pick? Are you going to pick the lower-valued ones that are simpler to complete? Or are you going to pick the higher-valued ones that have a lot more components to them that you need to collect? And do you mess with your opponents, which we didn't really you know, get an opportunity to because we were just kind of feeling the game, by looking at the potions that they need to complete and pulling the components of marbles out of the channels so that they can't get the ones that they need to complete their potion. So it does work similarly to a lot of other set collecting games in that there's strategy and you can kind of screw your opponent and you can plan to get higher points, but it's different because the mechanics are just cool. I mean, Linda, what do you think? It, it really is a neat way to approach the set collecting um, using the marbles. There's a bit of, uh, 
not being able to predict what's going to come down the channel next up to a yeah. certain point because there's i think eight or nine visible at a time and there's a few more queued up that you can't see so there's that piece of it so there's a little bit of mystery of what's coming um but yeah like we like you were saying trying to look ahead on what you can use um we did a little bit of that when picking your next one what do you already have in your reserves what can you see that's available so trying to you know, use some of those strategies but i think it's simple enough because there's there's no reading involved at all um there's no difficult i mean yeah it's kind of hard to pull the marbles out of the channels for tiny tiny little fingers but i think that this is absolutely something that's playable by younger players the the boxes, the box is again one of those boxes because it's a board game and can be considered a toy it's actually rated 14 and over uh, i think that's way high out of out of reach i think like a seven-year-old can play this game competently um it's for two to four players they say it takes 30 to 45 minutes to play it took us a little longer because we were learning how to play it i think 30 to 45 minutes is a, is a good estimate if you have players who know how to play the game and and choose their next step quickly if you have players who tend to hem and haw about what they're going to do next it might go over that 45 minute timeline do you agree steve i I agree. What do you? What you were about to say something, Linda? What do you think? I was agreeing with her. I absolutely think that. I think thirty to forty-five minutes would be if you are moving along at a steady pace. If anyone is very pokey with decision making, or if you're trying to teach it, I see this extending quite a bit longer. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, on but but I also agree on the other side that this is a game that could go pretty fast, uh, especially if people start getting pretty adept at it. Um, so I can't wait till our middle guy can play it. He's a very tactile game player, and this has a lot of hands-on elements to it. And, and, and yeah, I think it might be a bit of a mess. The marbles might end up everywhere, but I think it's a, it's something that he would enjoy playing. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, for those interested, uh, Potion Explosion, um, is currently available on Amazon. It's $30. Uh, it's, or it's MSRP is forty nine ninety nine. It's available on Amazon, um, and if you'd like to support us, uh, I would encourage you to head to the show notes available at engagefamilygaming.podbean.com um, and buy it that way. There's also an expansion called Potion Explosion, the Fifth Ingredient, uh, that I have no idea what it does, um, but I'm guessing it adds a fifth colored marble. Um, and probably some other stuff. I don't know. Though. Maybe a fifth player? Oh, that'd be awesome if it was a fifth player. Don't know. Don't know. Didn't even know it existed until I was looking. But we'll find out. <laughs> um, probably, nope, still two to four. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's all I know. Um, but the expansion is $23. So, I, but I definitely recommend, um, you know, we'll have a review coming in the uh, incoming weeks, but about $30 um, with prime shipping. So if you'd like to support us, Head on over to the uh, to the website engagefamilygaming.podbean.com and give us a uh, give us some uh, ad revenue, all that stuff. So um, that's our that's it for around the horn. Uh, I just wanted to talk about this one game. We have all played other stuff, and we'll talk about that on the next board game episode. Um, but in the meantime, um, let's just hop right into it because we have a list of seventeen games that we are excited for 
Um, we are just, just, just crazy excited for various things. So, um, Linda, because she is yes. an organizer, um, <laughs> took my, uh, list that was, uh, organized neatly in alphabetical order, um, and dumped it into, uh, three categories, which I don't necessarily disagree with. Um, she put them in games that we have already played, uh, games that we... Um, what's the second category? Oh, games for the, for younger, the younger folks. Sets. And then the last group are games that we cannot wait to play. So I thought we would just kind of get the ones that we have pl- that we have played before out of the way, um, because at least one of them I have spoken about at length. So we'll just mention it for sake of information. Um, and then we'll just kind of go from there. Um, I'll just get started, if you ladies don't mind. Okay. Let's talk about Stuff Fables um, for like the 15 millionth time. People... Um, I don't even know if I can review this game with, um, with unbiased eyes at this point, but I guess it's not biased if my bias is that I liked the game. I don't know. Um, I think it's, this game comes out very soon. Um, I believe actually it is up for pre-order on the Amazons. Let's see. Um, it is in stock on February 1st. So just a couple of weeks. It is expensive uh, on the Amazons, but I expect that it will be available elsewhere. Um, so it's coming imminent. Um, this is the game where you uh, use an adventure book and play through a story um, and take on the role of a young child's toys as they defend her from dark forces while she sleeps. Um, I played this at PAX Unplugged and loved every second of it. Uh, both of you have heard me rave about it and have seen some of the materials um, and listened to my interview with uh, Jerry Hawthorne. What are what, Where are you guys coming with this game? I, I think it's super cute. I mean, the you can't get cuter than the, the um, artwork for the game, the, the theme. I wish the... I haven't seen the the figures painted. I don't know if they come painted or not. Um, they don't. It's by Plat. Okay, so it's by Plat Hat Games, and they everything that they've put out that we've played, I, I've really enjoyed. So, um, I know that my aunt was thinking of actually pr- purchasing this game for our youngest, and totally just based on how cute it looked, not realizing that it was definitely not a game that she was capable of playing at this time. But um, I know we're excited about it. What about you, Linda? Oh, this looks like something I'm really excited to sit down and play with with the kids. Um, the older one, mostly. The, the younger one is the same age as, as your youngest. So definitely he's a bit young for this. But um, it just looks so adorable. I love the idea of that it's a, dun- a dungeon crawl with this wonderful theme and the, uh, the text and the board right together. Yeah, agree. I... Uh, the more I think about it, experience it, deal with it, etc., uh, the more I want every game to have an adventure book. Like, I, I just want to play Dungeons & Dragons with an adventure book. Um, I want to, like, I, I, you know what I mean? Like, I, it is uh, something I'm pretty excited about as far as, like, a mechanic. So, yeah, I can't. There's, I, I may even be working on a feature of uh, board games that I wish would have an adventure book. Um to come out maybe alongside this game. Um, so, yeah, that's Stuffed Fables. Pretty excited. Um, so, Linda, you got your uh, had your eyes on a game called Loot and Shoot while you were at PAX Unplugged, correct? Yes, I did. 
And this game, so here's what's funny about this. So this came on the list, and I told Jenna about it, and she immediately was like, oh, I don't know that I liked the theme on that one without, like, knowing what it was about. And then I was like, but you're shooting goblins with a rubber band gun. And then immediately she went to, oh, I don't know that I can let our kids have that. <laughs> Why, though? I but mean, because, like... they're, because they're crazy jerks and would shoot each other with <laughs> rubber band guns. I mean, I accept that. It's not that the, the idea of the game was a bad thing. It's just the idea of the game in our children's hand. They are... It's not even the game. It's the component of the game <laughs> that they would perhaps not make the best choices with. I mean, that's that means we'd have to engage with them and be good parents. Um, but I, and also, like, I might just shoot them with the rubber band gun if they get out of control. I mean, why not? So, um, Linda, what is the elevator pitch for loot and shoot now that we have scared every parent? So Loot and Shoot is this really cool three-dimensional board where you are having goblins moving around. As they move, they have special abilities. They're trying to grab the loot. Um, you're, playing, you're playing one of the goblins, and you are trying to shoot one of your opponents with this rubber band gun. If you do, there's penalties for them. And um, it's really neat because it's like a building you're shooting into so that it's difficult to make the shots. It's not just random shooting. You have mm -hmm. to strategically get up and move. Um, this is a game that you need to have on a table that you can walk all the way around because you need to set up your shots and you're not just going to be stationary. So for someone that likes, you know, the dexterity getting up and moving to play, this is absolutely perfect for them. Uh, the theme is really cute. The artwork on it is it's cute. So it's just really, it looks like it's going to be lots and lots of fun. Um, I was watching people play it at PAX, um, and they were having an absolute blast with it. And the rubber bands were well contained. They were having okay. a blast. Um, well done with the pun. Um, the, I mean, this just looks fun, man. You build a little 3D, like, castle thing, and you shoot down targets inside it with a rubber band gun. That just sounds, I mean, that just sounds like a lot of fun. And one thing that may or may not help with whether your children get their hands on it is that you have a finite number of rubber bands at your disposal. It's not just free-for-all. Right. I right. like it. So does, I like that component of it, too. You have to strategically use your ammunition, so to speak. Does that um, help at all, Jen? It does. I, I mean, I've seen the board. I think it looks neat. I just think that... You know, I'm coming from the perspective of having run a daycare for the last eight years and play board games on rainy days and snow days. And, you know, it, it gets a little wild. It gets a little excitable. And rubber band guns, you know, at, at that point are not necessarily the best thing to have. However, would I like to play this game? Sure. I'd love to play it against you. I'd love to play it against, you know, everybody that we're up, you know, that we podcast with. Uh, again, I don't know that I trust my two boys with, rubber band guns playing a board game. I think that, that it would get out of hand. And uh, as I say this, our oldest is down here playing pathetic because he's starving to death because we never feed him. And he's he's making his own facial commentary and, and laughing. And if you hear chips chomping in the background, that, that would be him. So I apologize. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm trying to get him to go elsewhere um, on this one because he's, he's – quite defensive that uh, offended that i would call him out on the possibility that he would shoot his brother with a rubber band gun 
Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm curious as to how he could say we don't feed him, considering there's like, what, four pounds of leftover pulled pork from our little get-together today? Anyway. Anyways, um, so that's Loot and Shoot. I'm excited about Loot and Shoot. We're going to have to see what that's coming. Um, so let's see. When, what do we got for details on this one? I don't think we have a uh, release date or we um, just know it's coming out this year, right? So here's what I know from talking to Vile Genius Games, which was the booth that this was featured at, at PAX Unplugged. Yep. Um, they are looking to bring it to Kickstarter. I believe the original plan as of PAX was this month it was going to come to Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't heard back from um, Vile Genius Games on if that has changed or not. They haven't gotten back to me, but that as of um, as of PAX was the, the at least the plan. Sure. Fair enough. Um, okay, so that is Loot and Shoot. Now I'm going to talk about another one. Um, and that's Record. I think I'm the only person out of the three of us that has played Record. Linda, have you? You've seen I've, it. I've watched it played. I have not had the chance to sit down and actually play it. So, so Jenna, let me pitch this to you as the skeptical okay. mom. This is, have you heard me talk about Record before? I think you showed me a video, actually. So Record is a territory control game, essentially, where you are, um, like, basically playing out chords on the frets of a guitar. So you will draw picks, and you will, like, literally guitar picks of different colors out of a bag, and you will place them down... And you are trying to control certain chords on the um, on the guitar, and you earn victory points by doing so. Have you heard of this? Yes, you've you've talked to me about it, and I, I do see you know the different. I think you showed me some pictures of the different colored guitar picks, and maybe the uh, what the cards look like. I think the I think the music component of we've played through a couple of musical themed games before i love the idea of combining board games and actual learning about music um mm-hmm. some of these games are hard though um so i, so can I don't say know with certainty, one... i can say with certainty this one is good um it's not so much of a teaching game um because you're not really um like learning the chords per se this is more of like an enrichment thing like as you're learning the chords you can kind of see it and it kind of helps memorize some of those things um which is still valuable um but from a flavor perspective if you or anyone that you know uh like that plays board games with you is a guitarist or really appreciates guitars this game is just oozing flavor um the box is designed to look like an old amp Um, it's got a really nice play mat. Um, the different colored picks have different styles of guitars on them. This is one of those things that like my dad would really, he might not like playing the game because I don't know that he enjoys really playing anything. Um, but, uh, he would enjoy, you know, kind of looking through all the stuff that comes along with it. Um, this game is actually already on Kickstarter and it was funded in seven hours. Um, it's already, um, you know, it's already more than twice funded. Um, you can buy it right now for 29 bucks. Where did um, you see this game? Uh, I saw it first at uh, Connecticut Festival of Independent Games. 
and I played it again at um, I played it again at Beefig. Um, oh, okay. You know, it was at PAX South this week weekend. It's done by Yana Guana Games. Um, and it's on Kickstarter right now. So if this is a game that you think you might be interested in, head on over to Kickstarter, search up Record, R-E hyphen C-H-O-R-D, um, and you'll see it. This is a, I mean, you look at the video, give it a, give it a shake. Uh, I can't wait to have this game in the house. Uh, this is one of those games that I think every time it comes to the table, people will enjoy it. Um, and I don't play the guitar, and I really enjoy the game. Um, I enjoyed it on my set more on my second playthrough when I understood what the heck was going on. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it's it's pretty neat, and I really like the flavor in it. Um, it's a great game. Or, okay. at, at least from my handful of plays, it looks pretty good. Um, and like I said, it's 29 bucks shipped. Um, and they still have, as of the time of this recording, they have 23 days to go, so they have the better part of a month. So um, I would expect that there will be some neat little stretch goals going. Um, they're going to have some new... Yeah, I mean, they're just adding more stretch goals. Uh, and they're, they, it looks like they're making them. So and it's free Sounds shipping good. in the U.S. So um, 29 bucks, not a bad price for a f- pretty decent Euro game. Um, nice. So lastly, in our games that we have played, um, we put Beast of Balance Battles. Now, I haven't played the actual Battles expansion, but I have spent some time with Beasts of Balance uh, with our big guy. Jen, Jen, have you played it? Or Linda, have you actually seen Beast of Balance? I've only seen the original one that, that you guys have. Okay. So I I saw the Beast of Balance on the list, and honestly, I did not realize that it was an expansion. So that's okay. pretty neat because the Beast of Balance game itself is really cool. Yeah. I mean, for what for those listening, if you don't know what it is, um, Beast of Balance is a, you know, it's a hybrid board game slash kind of iPad game where you are building a tower of creatures. And as you do that, you build um, a, a species that is designed to kind of serve, that is trying to survive and score points in this kind of biome. Um, and so you have two things that you're trying to accomplish. You're trying to add components to this pile to try and create a, a monster that'll survive. Plus, you're trying to make this tower stand up, and obviously you don't want it to fall. And the, the creatures themselves are these really abstract, um, like a snake and, you know, other animals. Very cool. Um, I'll give you guys a hint what uh, new scenario-type deal is added in Beasts of Balance Battles. Anybody want to take a guess? I do. What? Because I looked at it, though. Um, you're, you're playing with you're playing against each other and you've got primal powers that enter the world and there's battle cards and it's a lot of fun. Go ahead. Describe it. That's it. You just did. They added combat basically. Yeah. Um, which I mean, it's abstracted from what I can see. This is not a mortal combat game. You know, I mean, this is abstracted kind of stuff. Um, but I think it's a neat addition. Um, yeah, you take you know. on, you take on a role of a divine creator of a single land region, like land, sea, sky, and you fill your region with powerful beasts. So you take the pieces from the actual core game and you have cards that you play out. And as you play out the cards, you kind of have all kinds of effects on the on the, the realms that you're playing in. Our, our oldest is really excited about the, the, the PvP aspect of it. Um, 
rather than being kind of just a tower builder kind of neat thing, he really wants to play this battle mode kind of thing. Um, and the game, the the problem is that the core game, and, and this is the the Beast of Balance um, battles is not that expensive, correct? The, 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 the so expansion. the thing is, Beast of Balance actually is kind of expensive. the game itself. The core game is expensive, but this this expansion is not right. Um, to my knowledge, no. Let me look. The core game is pricey. I think you can find it for around eighty dollars on yeah. sale now. I think all, the original. But, I mean, it's and and also it requires the use of like a mobile device, like an iPad or an iPhone or an Android. But but. It is absolutely gorgeous, so I can't really get angry at it. So, um, you know, it doesn't list an MSRP on uh, Board Game Geek. So, but we have to assume that it is less expensive that uh, than the um, than the original game. Um, I'm not sure. We'll be talking about it more as it comes closer. Um, but yeah, that's um, Beasts of Balance battles which is two to three players seven plus coming in 2018 um i just added something to the list because there's something that i've been stumbling on over the last couple of days <coughs> it's currently on kickstarter right now it's a game called everdell um have either of you heard me talking about this one i was talking about it a little bit with uh, evan today i did not uh, catch that conversation no okay let's make it super fast Everdell is a worker placement game that is set in a peaceful, um, it's kind of like uh, Red Wall, only everybody's not killing each other. Um, we can all agree Red Wall is wonderful, but it is hella violent. Um, yeah. And uh, for the uh, young folk that that. Uh, read that they love it um but this is a little different um man this game looks absolutely beautiful um it's a worker placement game but and you're building kind of your tableau in front of you kind of collecting sets of stuff but what's awesome about this is the game board is like a circle of kind of cardboard that represents the field and the woods and a stream and in the back of it is a giant standing tree with, like, the branches sticking out. And you can place dudes on that. And your workers are, like, these little mice, mouse, rabbit, wooden tokens. Um, this game is on Kickstarter right now. It's got about a week to go. <laughs> um, and it is already, uh, like, 400% funded. Oh, wow. Um yeah, this game is definitely... This is a pre-order at this point. It's about... It's supposed to come out in this December. Um, and the standard edition is $49. Um, honey, we're going to be uh, talking about backing this game. Uh, okay. When we are done. There, there is one more that we also played that... I don't know how it missed our list. That I have to add on here. Because all three of us have played it. All three of us really enjoyed it. And it didn't make our list. And I Wait, don't know... Did I forget to put Fire Tower on here? Um... Okay, then there's more than one. We forgot to put... It's my favorite game that I played last year that wasn't out yet. Um, and that's... It was a preview that we got, and that was Rise of Tribes by oh, Breaking damn. Games. Damn! Um, <laughs> damn! How did I forget Rise of Tribes? I don't know, but oh. that was my... I, I'm sorry, Wait, I'm late on. looking when at is, the list. When is, when is Rise of Tribes coming? 
hold on. Rise of Tribes. Folks, listen, is... check out our uh, listen to our pre-production meeting that we're doing in the middle of our thing. It's supposed to be coming out in 2018. Okay. How did hey, I we forget? actually have a preview of Rise of Tribes? Oh. I believe up on on on. I literally on... am staring at the box. <laughs> How am I so? Oh, people. Yeah, I'm bad. Rise. So to... I have to put that on there because sing a we song. Um, Rise of Tribes is a really good game. Um, it's been fully funded with the Kickstarter, correct? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. By yeah, I mean, I, I, we and it's, I mean, it's due out. I think any day now. I don't, no, 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 I no. don't know. No, no, no. It's not any day now. Um, really? No, it's not any day now. I can't even. When is it due it out? It is due in the... twenty eighteen. Okay. But it is not. But there's a lot of twenty eighteen. There is. It just was so complete when we played it. Yeah, Linda, do are, you remember playing this one? This is the one that we played with the different... Um, I'm pulling up the picture right now to get the visual. Yes. Well, yes. We, we, you roll the dice and you have the different day, you know, time of day and time of the year where you're playing and you're building your little your little villages and your little people and your different... Remember, like... remember, you're building a civilization, but remember... Yes, the grow, move, gather. Yes. 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 Now remember... They had it was a very successful Kickstarter, um, and um, so they had some stretch goals to design. Most of the game was designed, but the, the components were not final. Um, right, and so there were and and taking a game from Kickstarter to um, completely done is. It's a big process. So it is expected... Actually, you know, it's expected March of 2018 is their expected delivery. Um, let's see if they have any updates. Um, so... Um, so they did an update that went live on December 20th. That's the last update. Uh, they shared a picture of the first ever prototype, which is very adorable. Um... And the box art, uh, so it looks like the rule book was polished up, um, and they finished the box that is now 100% in production, some nice wooden tokens, um, and they, they got their tray render, which is pretty neat, um, well, we have a, like I said, we have a Kickstarter preview up on, on, um, EngageFamilyGaming.com. Of the game, you can see why I liked it so much. Okay. Um, actually, yeah. So, so it's up there. They they indicated that they don't know definitively that it won't make it by March, um, but they're gonna let us know. So that's from Breaking Games. Um, whatever, I'm fine with it. This game, yeah, that's gonna be great. And now let's talk about Fire Tower. That's going on Kickstarter probably in a couple months. My my understanding is that it's still expected sometime this year. We got a preview coming up on this one. Uh, we talked about it after uh, CT Fig, um, and again after B Fig. Fire Tower looks amazing. It's there's pictures all over our Instagram. The artwork is stunning. Um, I don't need to beat a dead horse um, unless somebody else wants to talk about it. But uh, Fire Tower is great. Man, these, there's just so many good games. And you guys, let me just tell you, um, the video game episode isn't going to be any sh sh like less packed. We're not even halfway through our list yet, and we've been... Oh, my goodness. All right, so... 
Um, <laughs> so that's the games that we have played. Now let's talk about the younger set. So Linda, your specialty is the younger folk. You are a uh, first grade teacher, so you know your yes. stuff when it comes to uh, younger kids. Um, yes. Whereas um, you know both Jenna and I kind of focus, you know, because our primary board game player is a little bit older. You know, that's just. You know, our, we have decided to point our uh, targeting lasers elsewhere. So you found a couple of games that you thought were just right for the little guys. Yes. So I was looking for things that were for like age six or so as sort of the younger sets, which is right in the wheelhouse of what I teach and, you know, the age I sort of shoot for with the board games. Um, So Dragon Keeper is the first one. It is listed as eight and up. However, there is a smaller kid version where it simplifies the rules, it simplifies the mechanics and makes it so it can scale down. So they've got a small kid version and an advanced version uh, per the description that looks really neat. Um, the, The artwork on it, is just really beautiful. Um, yeah. So, and the you know, for anyone that loves dragons, uh, this is a absolute win on it. Uh, so you've got people, the different you know character keepers. The different keepers are on the the cards. So yeah. it's I, you it's, know it's it, something it, that I would love to see firsthand. The vibe that I got from this was like a like big time like how to train your dragon. Like yes. when I looked at the art, like that's what I felt like. Um, you know, so if that if if that's kind of the flavor that I'm getting just just from watching it kind of play, if that is your jam and you've been looking for a board game kind of in that kind of flavor, then I think this is a good one. And I love the fact like when I was reading the descriptions here, I had never laid eyes on this game. When I read that description that this is a game that has basically two games in one mm-hmm. uh, and it can kind of level up as your kids grow up. I mean, Jen and I have talked about that. There are very few games that do that successfully. If this pulls that off well, this is a super win because it's a game that essentially it's two games in one. What do you think, Jen? I think it's cool. And this is the one that was designed with the... The the creator's daughter, right? She helped him design everything. With his youngest daughter. Yeah, see, I think that's really cool that they, you know, that they did it together. Um, I think it's neat that, you know, you're trying to... The hunter wants to get the you know, get the dragons and you're the defender who's trying to keep the dragons safe. I think letting kids be the protector in a game and is a really cool idea. So I'm, I'm excited Absolutely. about it. Sure. So next and the time is frame K- on it. Is easy oh. too. Yep. When, no, I'm sorry. When, just, when's that the timeline out? on the play? Uh, no, I mean the timeline of play is oh. saying like for the younger version, it's like a 10 minute game, five yeah. to 10 minutes for the, the more difficult version. It's up to 30 minutes. So this is a quick, this is good for something quick and easy. Yeah, absolutely. So next we have Cake Off. Okay. So Cake Off, I mean, you're a wizard at a cake shop. So yes, this this so had a, like a Harry Potter Harry, vibe. Harry Potter, Harry Potter Cake Boss. Basically. basically, this sounds a little bit like you know something on um, Diagon Alley that might have happened. Um, so this just sounds really cute. This is another one. This is recommended six and up. Um, up to 45 minutes to play for this one, but as low as 20. So it's something that can be not a real, real long game, but it's really cute. Um, you're using the cards you're dealt to try to get ingredients to create the, the cake. And of course it's magical theme. So it's going to be all kinds of wacky. Uh, so wacky this is a drafting game. So kids. That yeah. Say you have the sushi go aspect yeah. to it in the drafting. Yeah. yeah pick right. and pass. So, yep. I want to be clear. We don't call drafting games. Sushi go. Sushi right. Go is a drafting I'm game. Saying, 
It is similar <laughs> to Sushi Go in that you pick and pass, and it deals with food. How yes. about that? Fair <laughs> so, okay. enough. Okay. Um, I am so down with this game. I, funny story. Um, did you guys know that I? It took me until like a month ago to find out that Diagon Alley was just diagonally. Had it never occurred to me. I just shake my head because that's shameful. That's it like really, really shameful. Like it never occurred to me that Diagon Alley was diagonally. Like for real, I didn't know. I didn't know. I, I don't know. know how you read those books and saw the movies and didn't get it. Listen, it's I've, scary. I've read every book, several of them twice, and I have watched almost all the movies. Yeah, you're right. It's it's shameful. I'm saying this as a way to like get it off my chest. This is a confession. <laughs> Okay, um, but it's also funny. So those of you who are who feel bad for me, you know, just you know, send me send me some love on Twitter because um, I feel bad. So next is Ink Monsters. Okay. Um, and I'll be honest, I didn't read too much about this one. So can you tell me all about it? So I was I actually went to the Kickstarter um, page for this. This is a funded Kickstarter. Okay. And I watched some of the videos because I was trying to understand this game. What I read sounded intriguing, but I was very confused. So basically, you set up your cards like a analog clock. So there are 12 cards around in a circle, and there is a pen card. And you actually move the pen as part of your movement in um, your when it's your turn and depending on the other cards you play which which direction the pen moves and then you take collecting monsters these ink monsters and there are different point values on each card sure. so okay. you're trying to get the most points so you're going to try to if you see there's one um, moving counterclockwise that you need but the indicator for directionality is indicating clockwise and you have a way to change that you're going to change it and then pick up the monster you want sure. um so there's some neat variations in the, you know with the cards um there's also ink cards which are penalty you lose points if you have those cards except there's one monster that if you have ink cards you gain points so it's kind of neat that there's it looks like there's a lot of different ways that they they try to have the cards play off each other sure sounds cool so, and this me. is another one this is another one that's that's six and up so yeah, well, hey, I mean, you said you were going to find it. Uh, it should be relatively inexpensive. Their target release date is in March, um, but Kickstarters don't ever go off in time. I, I mean, they right. just don't. So, um, so it looks like in December they were reporting that they got a final production copy, um, and it looks like their current target is showing fulfillment. Um, Actually, it looks like they're going to get them in early March, which means they're going to fulfill. Uh, but that's for Kickstarters, um, at which point then you might be able to get your hands on some on eBay. Uh, but later in the year, I'm sure that somebody will publish this game or they'll sell mm -hmm. more. Um, so that is Ink Monsters. The Kickstarter was for $19, so I'm sure that retail it'll be like $25, maybe $29. Um, last is, uh, in the kid game category, is Mackie Stack which is a sushi game that is a dexterity game. game. Yes, by Blue Orange. Um, and this is a sushi dexterity family party game. Can you stick some more keywords in there, please? <laughs> um, so basically you are building stacks based on cards that you draw of <coughs> um, sushi rolls, soy sauce, and various other things. Um, right, and in some cases, you are blindfolded. 
they, uh, they just like with any blue orange game anything that we've gotten from spot it to a lot of the little ones have different variations in the game um one of the things they kind of hint at is you're using your fingers as chopsticks as stacking them i can only imagine the challenge that would be added if there's a variant where you use actual chopsticks um, i'm playing to stack with chopsticks <laughs> i'm um, only playing with chopsticks because i don't know if people know i'm actually quite skilled with the chopsticks <laughs> <laughs> so from the photos they put up um i mean the components look relatively small so it, it's this game is recommended seven and up i see this being being you know a, a challenging dexterity game because oh, yeah. it's yeah i mean it's not smaller. it's not as simple as yeah it's not as simple as some of the the haba <laughs> games the animal upon right. animal um but it's along those lines you're you're stacking pieces together. Mm -hmm. I think I, I there are a couple of different pictures of the components. Some yeah. of them they look bigger than others, so I, it's very hard to judge by what we've seen out mm -hmm. there online. Um, the nice thing is that they all seem to have at least some kind of flat bottom that stacks on top of each mm -hmm. other. But there's I bet one there's a, yeah. No, go ahead. I bet you there's a speed component to it. I'm sure there's a lot of ways they can make variants. And I, I love the fact that this company in particular seems to be really good at thinking about the variants for the game and putting mm -hmm. them in out with the original rules. Yeah, I agree. Some of the photos they've got actually out right now show where you're with a partner and you're holding it on either side and having to do to stack it Together. collaboratively. Yes. Where each one of you is one of the chopsticks. Yeah, exactly. that's insanity. Um, that sounds like <laughs> divorce mode for me. Um, so, <laughs> all right. So, so that is the last of the four games um, that is designed that is meant for the younger set. So now we have a list of games that we're just hyped for. So, um, we've got the list. We're all looking at it. Um, I think we should probably, you know, the podcast. We are going a little long. Um, so why don't we all just kind of go through this? I'm going to talk about one that I must speak about, and then you guys can kind of go on from there. I want to talk about Fireball Island. Can I talk about Fireball Island? Please do. This is one that is we're so excited for. Okay. So many of you who know me know that, um, full disclosure, I did actually work at the booth for... Um, uh, restoration games so did linda um we i know the some of the people that are behind this uh rob and lindsey daviao um this is sick dude i remember fireball island it was like my grail game when i was eight <laughs> i wanted this game so bad um not eight i think i i think i might have been 12 i'm not even sure somewhere in there um and i wanted this game so bad but my parents could never get it for me because it was hard to find it was expensive um and we played video games um, but now it is being remade um, by Restoration Games, and they're going to. Their plan is to make it the way we remember playing it, and it's going to be called Fireball Island: The Curse of Volcar. Um, the this is going to be insanity, guys. Um, <laughs> Rob Davia, the guy behind Pandemic Legacy, Seafall, Risk Legacy, um, he is remaking and you know he, he's helping with betrayal on house on a hill legacy um he's redoing the, st the story and he's giving it a story he's redoing some of the game mechanics uh they're trying to make things a little bit more um you know m more interesting this is just so cool i mean ever a lot of people remember if you are my age 
you remember this game, you just don't know you remember it. Go to YouTube, look up Fireball Island commercial. I did this countless times. At My phone actually died on the show floor at PAX Unplugged. Because I'd be like, no, guys, you seriously remember this commercial? They're like, no. And I'd get out my phone, and I'd play it. And within two seconds, they were like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Now, some of them were probably just trying to make me go away. <laughs> but I mean, no. I mean, it was a popular game. I, I was a little bit... It came out in the mid '80s, right? No, uh, it, it actually—I think it was '92. Let me look. It's funny, like Jenna. I—I I mean, we're like only two years apart in age, and I remember the commercial. I know we never had it. it. I never played it. So, Jenna, how old were you in '92? Like, weren't you like thirty? Okay, yeah, pretty much. I was—I was driving um, in '92. So, yes, I was old enough to have a car. Uh, <laughs> Don't be a jerk. Um, either way, Sorry. yes, it, it, I remember seeing the commercial for the game. I remember it being younger than anything I would have played at that time. Um, it's a, it's a like a marble maze, maze kind of like escape thing, the right? Pre- the previous game, you rolled and moved your dude up the board on various paths, trying <laughs> to get a, um, trying to get a treasure, and occasionally. Uh, the bo- the volcano would come alive and would shoot marble shaped fireballs down right. these tracks, and if you got knocked off, you would you know you, you had to start over or something like that. Yeah, you um, have little like army do things. Yeah, I yeah. remember it a little so bit. Now, um, you will have more choices as far as how you move, and the um the volcano will be much more random. Um, which means you're going to have to kind of prepare for it, but you're not going to be able to prepare for it fully. Um, I'm excited. This is going to be great. There are they, they put up a big blog post about how they were preparing the... Um, they, they were kind of preparing to get the board done and how complicated it turns out making this board is um, because the game board is also going to be the insert for the game inside the box, and they also had to make it smaller because... That size game box just doesn't work commercially now. Like, no one will stock a game that big. Um, so, yeah, this is... I mean, the Kickstarter is coming soon. They're going to announce when the Kickstarter is within the next month. It's supposed to be coming out this year. I'm very excited. Sounds good. So that is uh, Curse of Fireball... Or Fireball Island, the Curse of Volcar. What about the two of you guys? So there were quite a few on this that just, they looked really neat from the description and the pictures that are online um, through Board Game Geek. Um, One that I know that my oldest will be very excited to see is the Best Treehouse Ever Forest Fun, which is an expansion of the uh, Best Treehouse Ever game that came out in 2015. Um, So... Just the idea of the building, the construction, trying to you know make the rooms. Uh, this card game looked really neat, and it, from the description, it sounds like you. C- this is a standalone game, and as a standalone game, it's two to four players. But you can include the original game with it. You can incorporate both together and make it an eight-player game. So that's kind of neat for anyone that has the original, mm-hmm. that they can either play the new version or play them both combined. So, yeah. and the artwork on this is just super light and cute. Yeah, no, best treehouse ever. Uh, I've played it once, and I enjoyed it. So, um, but it definitely looks like you know, it looks like a kid's little web comic, basically. And you're building, mm-hmm. 
you're building a treehouse. Like, all these special rooms and, like, don't, there's a donut shop, a hamburger factory. I wish there was a hamburger factory in my treehouse when I was a kid. So, yeah, this is, you know, especially kids that are interested. I mean, what kid doesn't want a treehouse? Yeah. You know, I mean, what kid doesn't want a treehouse? So this kind of satiates that urge, at least, you know, when you're sitting in on a rainy day. So, Jenna, looking at the list that uh, we selected, anything there catch your eye? Well, there, there's one that's on the list, and then there's one that, I, again, I didn't see make the list. But the one that caught my eye that's on the list is the STEM Epic Heroes game. Yeah. Um, it's a, a card game, simple, fast, quick, the way it's advertised, in an epic race to make discoveries, unleash the special abilities of Nikola Tesla, Emmy Nother, George Washington Carver, and try to outwit and outplay your opponents. I mean, anything right now that plays on STEM and science, I think is a great addition to our, our children's learning and board games that they should play. I don't know. Is this, is this related to the Epic tiny Epic heroes no. sets? No, it's not. No. It's just got a similar name. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. It looks neat. I mean, the cards are cool. I like the, I like the um, graphics on the card. I like the fact that the scientists really do look like there's some kind of superheroes, like making up these crazy, concoctions i i just i really like the way the game looks and again it's got that whole stem theme which is super popular and you know something i'd be happy to play yeah no i agree what, what about you linda i know you've talked about this game before yes this one it just it taps into you know this int- integrating you know learning into the game whether it's intentional or um unintentional you know it so even if just you start a conversation, well, why was Nikola Tesla so important? You know, why is he incorporated in this game? Why they pick him? You know, it, it can leapfrog from I just heard his name in this game to now I want to go and get a biography about him. And you know, so I just love the fact that it's got some really cool gaming components, but then you can use it as a launching point for more. Yeah, pretty Absolutely. much. And we're big fans of that. I love the idea of kind of leaving the learning for outside the game. Um, but kind of getting people attacked, like getting people, att- making, I want to say this correctly, making someone the hero in a game will get people attacked, will, will absolutely get kids attached to these characters and could very well make them really want to learn more about them and not just feel like they have to, you know, like you learn right. about George Washington Carver, right? You play as him or use him in the game. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, you win or you have a good play because of something that he did. And all of a sudden you're like, man, I got to learn about this guy. Cause he's an actual dude who lived and did real stuff, big stuff. And then you can go learn it. And you know, then you find, all right, well, all these people are real people. Um, and learning about our and man, learning about our scientists of the past and revering them is uh, important. So I agree. STEM Epic Heroes is uh, one of those ones we are going to be keeping our eyes on. Yep. And I have to say, just yep. at the just the preview that's shown on the Board Game Geek page, it jumps out at me that they are featuring more female scientists, at least in this one photograph, than males, which is yeah a pleasant change. Yeah, absolutely. I saw um, that too. And let me see. Because this one was on Kickstarter, actually. How did I miss this? Um, I'm really, I'm really kind of embarrassed. Um, maybe I saw it and just didn't. All right, so it was funded back in October. When is it due? Um, it was. 
Uh, it's expected sometime in April. Um, so that's kind of neat. This game's going to be kind of... We will... Uh, I will be... I'm actually uh, clicking the pre-order button now um, to figure out where you go up. So this is from... Uh, whole, all right, well, I'm. I, you guys go ahead. I will Okay, be... so the next game... While you're looking up, the next game that I really liked um, on the list um, was from Fever Games, and it's called Topiary. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that one's beautiful. I mean, it's it's neat. There's you're placing meeples on the side of a board that you make of different topiaries, and you're trying to get your meeple to have the best sight line to get the most beautiful topiary topiary garden. So it kind of reminds me of Saikatsu and that you're trying you're working on angles and sight lines and stuff like that. Yep. But the way you play the cards is it, it just it's really pretty. <laughs> mm, it's really pretty. I mean, it's hard to there's. The I, I pulled up the website. Um, I'm not getting it in English, um, so I wasn't getting much information about the um, the game itself. It looks like it's two to four players, um, 15 to 30 minutes to play. Um, and I, for some reason, I'm getting the the website in Italian. I don't know why. <laughs> is it working? Is it doing that for everybody else? Maybe it's tried to to um, to to test my knowledge, um, which is really awful. <laughs> Um, no, I'm trying to, mine's actually froze, so I'm trying to reload. Okay. Mine is definitely in Italian, and I recognize every, you know, fifth word in a sentence. Um, So I can't, I can't give you much information about the game, um, through that. Um, but it does look. Your board game Geek Link is coming up in Italian? Yes. Weird. Yes, it is. No, mine's in English. Let let me, uh, I'll I'll do a dramatic reading. No. <laughs> the actual topiary page that when you click the link off of Board Game Geek is coming up in Italian, but the the on the the Board Game Geek site itself it is in English. Um, it's a very short description they have. But oh wow, yeah, um, yeah, you're right. The the Fever Games is in Italian, but let me do a, a dramatic reading um, from Board Game Geek. In topiary, players try to position their visitors on the outer edge of a beautiful topiary garden in order to give them the best view possible. Visitors can see the closest topiary sculpture to them and any behind that in the same sight line that happened to be larger. You can score bonus points for visitors who see multiple topiary sculptures of the same type. Players slowly fill in the garden by adding tiles until everyone has placed all of their visitors. So basically you're building a grid of topiaries of different sizes and then placing visitors around the edge and you earn points based on how many they see because if there's a big giant one on the edge then you're going to get fewer points because you can't see anything behind it so right. um it, it this you know what this feels like what was that grid city game um oh, i remember what you're talking about i can't remember the name of the game though um, um Gridopolis or something. I don't know. Um, but it was a, you know, this is, this is a, this game is actually already out or it's in limited availability right now. I'm sure this was like a Kickstarter, but it will be in uh, available commercially very soon. Um, this is cute. I love the very, I, we've said the word cute by the way, like 27 times. Um, but I love the art on the different topiaries. It's like a little elephant with birds all over it and a whale. Um, and a dinosaur and all sorts of stuff like that. I think it looks kind of neat. Um, this is one of those ones that once we get it, I'm sure we'll have lots of pictures um, because lots of people are taking pictures of their various lineups with all the different uh, plants. Mm-hmm. 
So uh, what else? Anybody else? I have one. <laughs> you asked, and then you said, "Go ahead." No, I'm saying I have one. What about you guys? Well, I was looking at the kenosis. Sure. Kenosis. That one just seems really interesting. There's not a lot of with the images. It's just the box, so I don't I don't have a good a good handle on the board, at least from um, this. But the description, it's the labyrinth with the minotaur so it's all the greek mythology uh which is really popular right now because of the percy jackson books mm -hmm. so for anyone that is into that theme this ties right into into that so yeah. and it looks like it's a player elimination game but one thing i really like in the description is that even if you're eliminated those players are not sitting twiddling their thumbs while everyone else continues to play uh, because the eliminated players control the minotaur Yep. So it's really nice that, that even though it's a player elimination style, it doesn't truly eliminate you from participating at all, which is a nice a nice change. Yeah. So, no, I that agree. one just struck me. I, I love games that give people something to do uh, when they are eliminated as opposed to sit on their hands and mm -hmm. watch. Um so Okay, so I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna give one that's not on our list because again, this is probably and I think I've talked about this one on the podcast before. Um I know that we've I, I've liked it on Facebook, I've been following it for a while. Um it's by Druid City Games. Uh the designer is Tim Eisner, it's called The Grim Forest. Sure. Um mm -hmm. I, that has to be probably my most anticipated game of the year, and I, it's not on the list, so I'm gonna talk about it. It's you are family members of the Three Little Pigs, and you're having an epic house-building competition. But it's not an ordinary competition because all of the fairy tale characters that are very famous are coming around to lend a hand. So you get Robin Hood and Snow White and the Golden Goose and the Evil Queen all coming in to gather. It's a, like a resource-gathering game, and you're building. You're trying to build your your best house that you can with some assistance and some, you know, kind of devil-making by these other characters that are sure. coming in. Um, I love fairy tale stories. Um, I love the artwork on this. I love the, again, it's a it's a miniatures game, so there's little cool pieces that you can play around. It's, it just looks awesome. Um, there's fable cards, friend cards. It's, it just, I don't know. I, I think we've talked about it before. Do you remember talking about it, Steve? Um, I mean, I've, I have seen it. It was on Kickstarter. Um, I don't know how I forgot to put it on this list, but I'm glad you remembered it. Um, I, it, I mean, one of my favorite parts about this is it is that I love the minis in this game. I mean, it is, yeah. it's got one of the best sets of minis I have seen in a very long time. Can't wait to get our hands on this one. This is one of those ones that I know we will be picking up at some point. Okay, sorry, I had to I had to deviate because I I just forgot about it and wanted to make sure it got on our list. Oh, there's so much coming out; it's hard to it's hard, it's hard to get to them all up. in. All right, so why don't I take? We'll, we'll, I'll do one more, and then we'll kind of close up shop because we are uh, running a little bit late. Um, so I want to talk about the game that gets the award for the longest board game title of all time. As far as I can remember, um, it is the. This is from Elo Games, the Legend of the Cherry Tree that blossoms mm -hmm. every ten years. Mm -hmm. um, man, that box art, yo! It um, looks gorgeous. So, um, so I'll, I'll give you a hint. This game is about a cherry tree that blossoms every ten years, <laughs> um, and basically, 
Um, the story is it has blossomed. Um, and your job is to uh, the the flowers on the cherry tree have have begun to fall and need to be collected each turn. You draw um, flowers from the bag and you try to gather as many as possible, but you don't want to be too greedy. There's a little bit of a push your luck. Uh, element here. At the end of your turn, you pl put your flowers in front of your screen to gain victory points based on sets of flowers, or behind your screen to gain victory points by having the largest groups of flowers. So, basically, it's kind of got a Saikatsu kind of feel to this. Um, there's pressure lock, your building sets. Um, if th the components for this game are a quarter as pretty as this box art, this is going to be one of the prettiest games ever made. I mean, it it looks beautiful. We've never been disappointed in an Aiello game that we've gotten before. I mean, they're they're King of Tokyo. They're you know, they they put together a good game. I mean, they, they do. really do the. So, I don't see anything, but there's not a lot of pictures, so it's really hard to tell. Um, it's you know, two to four players, ages eight and up. They say it only takes twenty minutes to play on the box. I. I don't know. I never trust anything that says it only takes 20 minutes. Um, I, sure. Especially with the description that they gave of what you're trying to accomplish. I mean, there might just not be that many pieces. I mean, we don't know. Could be. Um, there are, let's see. Uh, 96, there are 96 flower, tokens. flower tokens. That's not a lot. If you're, you know, I don't know. Who knows? The game's not out yet. So that 20 minutes could be an estimate. We're not really sure. Um, although I'm sure they've played it a handful of times. Um, so the we're going to be seeing this one um, coming in 2018. Um, yeah, we really don't have any information about a release date. But man, the it, it is a very... I don't know how I'm going to fit the title for that game into our like the title of our review <laughs> it's that, gonna be one of those with the with the abbreviation or some kind of well i mean i don't know I'm because sure. so you can only put so many characters in a title of an article so i don't know we're gonna have to figure it out um but that is legend of the cherry tree that bloom or i'm sorry the legend of the cherry tree that blossoms every 10 years um, so just I went to the ILO page mm -hmm. per their website. It is releasing in April. Oh, okay. Fair so, enough. Um, does it say how much ILO. it's going to be? Uh, let me see. Releasing in April. Let's see. Uh, it says buy now. Let's see what they say when I try to purchase it. Twenty dollars. Twenty dollars. What? Um, yes. Oh, there's another picture of the components. Oh, look at that. Okay, Check out the first. okay. So this oh, is it, bad. It's really bad. Um, you know, the radio. Oh, no, but this isn't going to be bad radio because everybody's going to be able to go to engagefamilygaming.com or engagefamilygaming.podbean.com and take a look at our notes. Um, and they'll be able to see it because we're going to have a link. Yes, and it's very yes. cool. It comes with a neat little looks like a, a silk bag with traditional. Um, Asian characters on it, kimonos. I think it's Japanese. It's got beautiful little, um, almost like sketchy artwork on the card. It's not really like fully fleshed out artwork. Um, it looks like there's a little screen that you can kind of hide your stuff behind. And the little flowers are, I can't tell if they're wooden or plastic. Um, they're just colorful little, they look like beads. Ooh. They're nice though. It is pre-orderable on the Amazons. 
right now. Uh, in stock April 30th. So there we go. Um, never mind. It's it's going to be coming out. Um, $20. We will be buying that. <laughs> oh, man. Hot dog. $20. Um, 20 bucks. That's not bad. I'm really excited, folks. Here I was. I didn't think this game was going to be coming out until, like, Christmas time, and I thought it was going to be, like, $80. Here I find out it's coming out in, like, a business quarter, and it's going to be $20. That's it. And I bet you it's going to make some good pictures for the Instagram. So, um... We are uh, so Linda. If you could grab that link and uh, throw that into our show notes thing, that would be awesome. I would do that right now. Um, so, uh, any other last words uh, before we um, kind of head on out into the sunset? I, there's a lot of games. I'm sure that we might have missed some games that you are really excited about. Um, so, what is it that you always say when we miss things, Steve? Um sorry and to tell us and, what we missed oh well i think and tell us what we missed where i think you should oh i understand where you're getting at um i, <laughs> I would recommend that you come to engagefamilygaming.com slash community join our facebook community and um yell at us there um so that's a worthwhile thing to mention um so we will be depending a, a little bit less on our um we would be depending a little bit less on our Facebook page and more on our Facebook community uh, over the 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 year 2018, and also uh, on our Twitter and things like that because Facebook is not make is not playing nice, unfortunately. So, um, so we would love if you would join our community uh, because that's where you're going to find the best information about us and the games that we are covering. So, um. It's been a pleasure, everybody. Linda, Jenna, thank you very much for coming with me on this wild ride into the future of 2018. Um, everybody listening, we'd like to thank you for listening to Engage, a family gaming podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed listening to us discover some of the games that we forgot we were looking forward to um, as much as we enjoyed recording this podcast. We'll be back next week, specifically Jenna and I, and very likely the man behind the curtain are going to come together to talk about the games, the specifically the video games that we can't wait to play. Like maybe, uh, Jenna, what do you think about a little bit of Kingdom Hearts 3? I'm really excited! Um, and, um, are you, or are you not okay with the idea of a little Metroid Prime 4? Is that, is that a yes or a no? That is a, you can play all you want when I am far away. I think I have Girls Night once a month. That That's all about Metroid Prime 4 for you. <laughs> all right. So, so, uh, well, the good news is Metroid Prime 4 definitely not coming out in 2018. I was just trolling you, but... Okay. Man, are there some good video games coming out this year. So Linda, she's going to take next week off because um, video games, not so much her jam. We'll get her. No. Uh, we'll, we'll get her. We'll get her there eventually. However, um, you folks, I hope you don't take a week off because I'd love to talk to you next week. Um, in the meantime, it'd be super sweet if you could head on over to iTunes, leave us a review, share us with your friends. More people listening means a bigger audience, which means more of us spreading out into the world uh, we might be able to do some more cool stuff we'd love to be able to do that so until next time this is steven and jenna and linda signing off and don't forget to get your family game on bye now bye bye thank you for listening to engage a family gaming podcast thank you for listening Thank you for listening. Tune in next week.